steps to answered prayer. The vision for this church this year is to see the power and the presence of God in our midst like never before. That every one of these seats that you're sitting on, the ones in the back, will be full, filled to capacity. God is, my husband has spoken that he wants hungry, committed people to come. If they're not saved, that they will be. Those that are will grow so greatly this year. This house is called a house of prayer. He desires to see souls saved. And the ministry gifts in operation. Hungry, hungry hearts. Thank you, Jesus. By faith, we reach out to claim what we need, and we thereby create the reality of it in our life. The nugget for today, that's what Pastor was writing down up there this morning. Talent is given by God. Be humble. Talent is given by God. Be humble. Fame is given by man. Be thankful. Conceit is self-promoted. Be careful. I'll say it again. Talent is given by God. Be humble. When you have been given a gift or a calling, be humble and don't refuse that gift. Don't quench the Holy Ghost. Be grateful and use it. Fame is given by man. Be thankful. Conceit is self-promoted. Be careful. Step one in seven steps to answer prayer. To some of you, this might seem basic. But as I went through these notes, I saw some things that I hadn't really seen before in the way that, that I saw it. Prayer was very important to Jesus. Jesus lived a life of prayer. Decide what you want from God. Decide what you want from God. James 1, 6 through 8. I'm just going to be sharing with you things that we sat and heard when we were in Ramah. This will change your life. Please make sure that Christine has a tape this morning when she leaves, please. James 1, 6 through 8. But let him ask in faith 
nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The above scripture shows us the importance of decisiveness. James said, if a man wavers, if he cannot make up his mind, he is unstable in all his ways. And he cannot expect to receive anything from the Lord. Often we are indefinite in our praying. Brother Hagen said when he asked people, and I've done the same, many of you will know that I do this, what are you praying for? It's real interesting when you ask people that or what scriptures are you standing on, they don't know. So we have got to decide what we want from God. Some people will tell you they're praying just to be praying. Of course, there is one kind of prayer we pray to worship and have fellowship with God. But in these lessons, we are dealing primarily with praying to get an answer to our prayers. Hallelujah. If we're not careful, this general type of praying will carry over when we need to be specific about a certain thing or need. It's very, very important. Jesus said, you have not because you've asked not. So it's very important that you know what you're praying for because <clears throat> You are setting your goals before God. You know, he gives us the desire of our heart, and he puts those desires in there, but we have to know what we're praying and how, how to pray. And that is something in the church that is a lost art. Prayer has to be taught, but it has to be caught. I want you to think if you went to a grocery store and pushed your cart up and down the aisles without buying anything, there'd be something wrong. If you went down every aisle and you didn't buy something, say you go in Monday, you do it. You go in Tuesday, you do the same thing. By the end of the week, they would think there was really something, well, probably the first day, the checkers, Say you did this and went to the check. There's really something wrong with this person. If you send a child to buy items and he buys just those things, he is being definite. Keep your eye on the course. Because when we don't keep our eyes on the course that we have, God has, and we have set out for ourselves, we can get off stray or we can get, you know, it says count it all joy when you encounter divers' tests and trials. <clears throat> Actually, in the King James, it says, and I was meditating on this yesterday, my brethren, count all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. You fall into them. Knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. When you fall into diverse temptations. So it's something that you fall into. 
keep your, if you are diligent and you know what you want from God, you make a precise decision, that's what you want, and you go after it, and you have the word of God on you, if you start to fall asleep, don't miss this today because you're going to need it. The same is true with prayer. It would be better to pray for two or three minutes and know what you are praying about than to pray aimlessly for two or three hours unless you're praying in tongues. Okay? Decide what you want from God and be definite about it. Make a decision what you want and be definite. Step two, read scriptures that promise the answer you need. <clears throat> read the scriptures that promise the answer you need. If you're going through a battle or a trial or a test, maybe that's not the time to decide to read through the Bible or if you're reading through the Bible, you need to plan on taking time to find the scriptures that you're believing on to know the promises so your need will be answered. Most people, not here, thank goodness, but most people, when I, when they, when I get a call for prayer, like I said, not, not you all, and they're desperate, I will ask them, what are, what are your scriptures? Well, I don't have any. Well, you need to get some. You know, people want someone else to do the work for them. How many know that? Joshua 1.8 This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Excuse me. <coughs> For then you shall have, you shall make, for then thou shall make thy way prosperous, and then thou shall have good success. In order to be successful in prayer, in your prayer life, God's word must be foremost. As we feed upon his word, we build into our inner consciousness. Then in time we need, when we need it, we are prepared. We can use, it, the, use the appropriate scripture against the devil when he tries to make us doubt God and rob us of what we want. That's his job. His job on a believer is to make them doubt. Think about this. And rob us of what we want and what God wants for us. What we've proclaimed. That's his job. Because he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus said, I come to give life and life abundantly. When we're prepared, we'll use the appropriate scripture against the devil when he tries to make us doubt God and rob us from what we want. Now, the enemy knows. He has watched you all your life. And, and the familiar spirits that are sent, maybe came in through your family, whatever, I'm not going to go there today. They know how to get you down. If you've fallen once and if you've fallen twice into the same area, trust me, that's the same area that the enemy's going to come and harass you at. If you've fallen more than once in one area, know that you have to have scriptures built up in you and be prepared at all times. Because 
Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over it in it, them in it. He just wants to see if he can get away with things, and he does it in cycles, unfortunately. And he usually comes after you the same way in many different ways. If you can't hit it this way, he'll try another way. But it'll all come down to the same root problem. And so you need to be prepared. We all need to be prepared. In order to be successful in our prayer life, God's word must be foremost. As we feed upon his word, we build into our inner consciousness. Then in time of need, we are prepared. You can use the appropriate scriptures against the devil when he tries to make us doubt God and rob us of what he wants. That's what we want. You need to write that down. He wants you to make he wants to make you doubt God and rob you of what you want. In the wilderness, when Satan tempted Jesus to turn the stones into bread, Jesus answered with the word. He said, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now remember, <clears throat> Jesus had gone on a 40-day fast. And he said, we don't live just by bread, but we live by every word of God. Then Satan took him on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he told Jesus, if he would worship him, he would give all these kingdoms to him. And Jesus answered, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall thy serve. Satan then took Jesus. Now we have to remember the, many, the enemy at this time, Adam had turned everything over to the devil. We need to understand this. Jesus had not died, gone to hell, and resurrected. So Satan at this time was the god of this world. Okay, He still thinks he, still thinks he is, but we have, we have power over him. Okay, That's why Jesus, having spoiled principalities and powers made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So he gave us the keys to the kingdom, and he gave us the word of God to use in every situation. Again, so it was Satan's at that time to give away. I want you to understand this, okay? It is written, thou should... Thy sh Thou shalt worship thy, the Lord thy God, and him only shall thy serve. Satan then took Jesus upon a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, Cast thyself down. Again, Jesus answered the word with the word, saying, It is said, this is in Luke 4, 3 through 12, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord God. The Lord thy God. Go ahead and turn to Luke 4, 3 through 12. Okay. So, <clears throat> step two is the promise. Read scriptures that promise the answer you need. You know, the Word has everything you need. How many realize that? We cannot be slothful, lazy Christians in this hour. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, order this stone to be turned into a loaf of bread and Jesus replied to him it is written men shall not live by or be sustained by on bread alone but by every word 
an expression of God. I'm going to go down to the King James, okay? Five. And the devil, taking him up into the high mountain, showed unto him the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give you, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, <clears throat> and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be, the, be the, thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and turn on, and, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on a pinnacle on the temple, in the, of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee, and keep thee. In their, in their hands they shall bear, up, they bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. <clears throat> and Jesus answered, saying unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptations, he departed from him for a season. Don't tempt the Lord thy God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we know that the only way to battle the enemy is through the Word and the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. Amen? But the Word in our testimony must be the Word of God. Okay? <clears throat> Jesus used the same weapon to defeat the devil that all believers have today, the Word of God. All we have to do in the face of temptation and doubt is to say, it is written, if the scriptures are firmly implanted in our heart, we are prepared for any attacks of the devil. In matters of guidance, search the scripture and see what God has to say about any situation and all you that have iPads or computers, it's very simple. It is a lot simpler for us in this hour than it has been for any other group of Christians. It's so easy to just type in and get the answer or get the scripture that you need. What a blessing we have in this hour. Amen. But it needs to be in us. You know, when the devil comes to call and you don't have time to sit there and Type down, well, what, is, what scripture says, whatever. You need to have it in you. Amen? Amen? His word plainly shows us his will. So, in matters of guidance, search the scripture to see what God has to say about the situation. His word plainly shows us his will. Now, if you know that there is a... Well, let's call it a family curse, dear, whatever. You've been redeemed from this, but it might try to come back and harass you. Then you should have all the scripture down that you know that the enemy has been able to harass you or your family with for years. Okay? We all know what, what it is. You know, some, some families it's fear. Some families it's poverty. Some fa you know, understand what I'm saying? You've got to have those scriptures ready and prepared. On the other hand, when praying for things that are expressly promised in the word, you can have complete confidence that God will give us what we need. We need to write in our Bible, the Bible says that I believe it and that settles it. Brother Hagen used to say that very often. The Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. So when you come up against a test and a trial or, a, or, or you're tempted, what does the Bible say? So you just go to the enemy and you just look at him in the face and say, the Bible says thus and thus and thus, and move on. Don't sit there listening to him. That's exactly what he wants to do, is have you listen and listen. If the scripture 
don't promise what we may be seeking. We don't have any business praying for it. I'll say that again. If the scriptures don't promise us what we may be seeking, we don't have any business praying for it. We should not want anything that the word of God says we shouldn't have. You're not going to change his mind. You know, a lot of people, you know, they learned as children that they could change one of their parents' minds. <clears throat> and they can get away with things. A lot of people, a lot of kids throw tantrums. A lot, you know, there's different ways. I could have Laurel come up and she could tell you every way they try it. And so when they get older, if they have not built a relationship with the Lord God Almighty, or when they get born again, that old thing will try to crop up again. Well, you're not going to change God's mind. You may as well make that plain today. It's not going to happen. If, if it's not in the Word, He's not going to give it to you. On the other hand, when praying for things that are expressly promised in the Word, we have complete confidence that God will give us what we need. Complete confidence. Amen? It's the word of God that gives faith. So faith cometh by hearing in Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So right now, faith is coming out to you. What does the enemy want you to do? He wants you to either think on lunch or something else or go to sleep. Okay, I'm just going to tell you. the truth or make sure you're not here to learn <clears throat> many many people try to pray beyond their faith get this and understand it many people try to pray beyond their faith it is the word of god that gives faith so then faith cometh by hearing again and hearing by the word of God. The reason people do not pray with confidence and faith is because they do not know the scriptures well enough to know what they are praying for is God's will. I'm going to say it again. The reason people do not pray with confidence and faith is because they do not know the scriptures well enough to know if what they are praying for is the will of God. They may hope it, but they don't know it is. As we read God's word and learn his will, we can appropriate his promises for our every need. So as we read God's word and learn his will, we can appropriate it, the, his promises for every need, every need. Amen. Number three, ask God for the things you want. It's okay to ask God for the things you want if it lines up with his word. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. You're ready? I'm going to read it out of the King James. And it shall be given you, seek, and you shall find, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. In Matthew 6, 8, let's turn there a second. Your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. God sees everything. He's omnipresent. 
He sees everything. He sees what's about to take place. He sees what the enemy's about to do. He prepares you. If you're operating and walking in the spirit, he will prepare you for the situations that you might be ready to, to that might be ready to happen or it might be down the road. Last November, I've shared this. The Lord, I didn't know it was in November. Pastor took heed when I told him, wrote it down, I guess. The Lord said, prepare yourself because Buddy's going to be, be leaving. And I, I told Pastor what he said, and I just went on enjoying him. In the natural, Buddy looked better than he had for years. Am I correct? I can show you pictures. He looked better than he had for years. But thank God I prepared myself, even though it hurt. I mean, it's going to be a year on the 24th of this month, believe it or not. It's been a year. It hurt. But in November, God had Levi born. God already knew what was going to take place. Let's face it, dogs don't live on forever. Okay? And Levi was seven months old. She couldn't sell that dog to anybody, even though she said he was the prettiest one out of the litter, or what I think they call them, litters. But God had him prepared for us, okay? Even though I wasn't looking for a dog. So your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. Yet in the next chapter, let's go there. Um, well, I'll just read it. The next chapter, as we see in the verses quoted above in 7, 7 and 8, he tells us to ask him for our needs. Therefore, even though he knows our needs, he wants us to bring them to him and ask his help. Okay? You getting anything out of this? You might say, well, this is real basic. But if you're not doing all of these, then it's, then we're babies in this area. Okay? Step four, believe that you received. Many people have said, you know, people will mock and things and say that Brother Hagen wrote Mark 11, 23 and 24. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. The Amplified Version of this above verse says, Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you, and you will get it. To understand this better, we need to realize that there are two kinds of truth, sense knowledge truth and revelation knowledge. Some people think, Truth pertains to things that they see with their physical eyes. But we cannot see things of the spirit. They are not flesh. They are not material. Everything we need is provided for us in the spiritual realm. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That's in Ephesians 1.3 if you want to turn there. In the Amphite it says, May blessings, praise, laudation, and eulogy be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who has blessed us with us in Christ with every spiritual given by the Holy Spirit blessing 
in heavenly places. Thank you, Jesus. So we're blessed. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm blessed. To understand this better, we need to realize that there are two kinds of truth. Okay? Our needs have been provided for in Christ Jesus. We may not always be able to see them, but they are there. We walk by faith, not by sight. You walk by faith, not by sight. This is how so many people in this hour are getting out off because, number one, they don't know the word, the whole word, the whole truth of God. Not everybody, you know, we, none of us know the whole thing, but we've got to know what the word says. The word is not important. What they, what they want to believe is what a man tells them or what they feel or what makes them feel good or whatever. Or someone to tell them, give them a word to tell them. You know, people wonder what's going on in the world today. And like, you know, the Lord was talking to me the other day and he said, when these people are lying and they're told to swear on the Bible, they're not going to tell, tell the truth because they don't believe the Bible is the truth. So we have a bunch of non-believers out there that even if they lay their hand on the Bible, it means nothing to them, unfortunately. Do you understand what I'm saying? But the Bible means everything to us. I cannot even imagine living without my Bible. Amen. Everything we need is provided for us in the spirit realm. Everything. Say that with me. Everything I need is provided for me in the spirit realm. So it's provided. It's up there. God knows your needs before you even ask for them, but you've got to ask for them. When sense knowledge truth contradicts revelation truth or the word of God, I start walking by revelation truth. I walk by what God says, not by what man says. We've got to get our minds in that thought pattern now. We walk by what God says, not by what by man says. Because that is a double-minded man, okay? You know, every person in this room is believing for something. I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter what it is. You're all believing for something, and you've got to walk by faith. You've got to walk by the Word. Not by what it looks like. Remember, this whole flesh is going to just, it's not going to heaven with you. Okay. That which is in the spirit realm is made real in the natural realm through faith. Write this down and get it. That which is in the spirit realm is made real in the natural realm through faith. Faith grasps it and creates the reality of it in our life. Faith grasps a hold of it. And through the word creates the reality of it in our life. Therefore, when you pray, believe that you receive that which you are asking for and you shall have it if it lines up with the word of God. Amen. This is beyond our natural thinking. The natural mind cannot grasp it. But we are to walk by faith and not by sight. That's why the Bible says that we are to renew our minds by the water of the washing of the word. So our mind needs to be washed with the word. Okay? It has to be. Without the word, you'll believe any lie. Anything that comes along, you'll believe it. And some things are, you know, sound reasonable. Trust me, I studied with the Jehovah Witnesses and I was married to a Mormon, in a Mormon family. So I heard it all, and it sounds good, but it's not true. Okay? I want you all to understand this. It might sound good, it might feel religious, it might be whatever, but it's not truth. 
Faith grasps it and creates the reality of it in our life. Therefore, even when you pray, believe that you receive that which you are asking, for you shall have it. This is beyond our natural thinking. The natural mind cannot grasp, but we are to walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I'm going to read something that Brother Hagen said. Once while preaching in a small church, I got, I stepped outside after the service and my body was wet with perspiration. When the cold outside air hit it, hit him in the face, he said his throat started hurting. And by the time he reached the parking lot, he could hardly speak. The next day, his chest started hurting, and he couldn't speak above a whisper. He says, I started reading the scriptures on healing. With my Bible open before me, I prayed silently, Lord, your word tells me that I am healed. If I asked my body if it were healed, the answer would be no. How many have ever been there? Your body's screaming at you. If I asked my feelings if I were healed, the answer would be no. If I were to ask the people around me if I were healed, they would say I was not. Your word says God's word is truth and every man is a liar in Romans 3, 4. So he said, so if I say I'm not healed, I am a liar. Your word says that God cannot lie. Amen. In Romans 3, 4. Now some of these things that you're going to hear, you've heard before. But my prayer is that they're going to become real to you again. Because it will change your life. Like I said, three times a week, Brother Hagen taught. And every time, part of his teaching was Mark 11, 23, and 24. Romans 3, 4. God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. So we are justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. When time came, for the evening service, I stepped up to the microphone and said I wanted to thank God that I was healed. The congregation looked at me as if I was crazy because I could barely whisper. That's happened to me in here many times. My voice is hoarse. The minute I start preaching after a while, it gets better. You just have to walk by faith. You have laryngitis, you just keep saying it. Because I could barely whisper, I began to tell them what the Word of God says about healing. I showed them from the Word that I was healed. I told them what God says is true, and that if I said I wasn't healed, I would be lying. I told them that I wanted them to stand and praise God with me because I was healed. As we stood and began praising God, I hadn't said hallelujah three times until my voice came back. Then I preached my sermon with a strong, clear voice. That night, the congregation saw an illumination of faith in action. All we have to do is ask God for the things we want and believe that we have them. In Matthew 7, 7 and 8, turn there.
ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So as you ask, it shall be given to you. As you seek, you shall find. As you knock, it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. Praise you, Jesus. Decide what you want from God. Be specific in stating your petitions. One, two, read scriptures that promise the answer you need. Search the Bible for scriptures that apply to your need. Plant God's word firmly in your heart so you will be prepared against Satan's attack. Three, ask God for the things you want. Make your wants known to God. Even though he knows what you need, it is his divine plan that we make our wants known to him. Four, believe that you receive, develop a stubborn faith that refuses to look at circumstances a faith that produces results. Number five, refuse to doubt. We'll stop with this one, okay? Let every thought and desire affirm that you have what you ask. Never permit, never. You might want to write this down. Never permit a mental picture of failure to remain in your mind. Never permit a mental picture of failure to remain in your mind. Never doubt for one minute that you have the answer. Never doubt for one minute that you have the answer. If doubt persists, rebuke them. James 4, 7 says, let's turn there. I know I'm going a little over. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. You may as well say it this way. Submit yourselves, therefore, to the word. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist, submit to the word, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Eradicate every image, suggestion, feeling, or thought that does not contribute to your faith. I'm going to say it again. Eradicate or get rid of every image, suggestion, feeling or thought that does not contribute to your faith. Concentrate on things that contribute to your confession for what you need from God. I remember when right before we went to Ramah, we had dropped our insurance and everything, and our dental insurance and all of our insurance. Matt's teeth, instead of some people's treat, have buck teeth, well, his teeth on the bottom were going in, and we were told he was going to need braces. Well, during that period of time in our life, for a year before we went to Rama, we didn't watch any TV. The only thing we listened was read the Word and listen to David Ingalls. So Pastor and I, now listen to this because you need to hear this. Pastor and I, stood on the word, laid hands on his mouth, and commanded his teeth to straighten up and grow perfectly. I think we were in Tulsa for what, one month? His, tree, his teeth were straight. God supernaturally, and he was 10 at the time, God supernaturally straightened those teeth out. Because we didn't have the money for braces at that time. We knew in our spirit that it was going to be go away. Another time, he got the chicken pox. I've never seen a worse case of chicken pox in my life, ever. We had some friends come over, and we all put hands on him, the four of us. The next day, every chicken pox was gone. 
There wasn't one. It's what we put in our minds and what we listen to. That's how we will begin to act on the Word of God. Nothing can change our mind about what the Word of God says. Now, for the miracles and the things to take place, it's going to take prayer, praying the Word, believing the Word. We're all going to have to come in one accord and beliefs in this. I mean, look around. I can see every chair filled. Just, you know, you've been saying, well, what's your vision? Well, I've given you the vision so far for this year. Okay. But we need, we need to learn how to pray. Without, without a doubt, every one of us needs to learn it. Sometimes people will, and I've known them do this, they'll keep checking the teeth or whatever. Whatever it is, they'll keep checking it every day to see if there's a change. You know, many times people get healed and they don't even realize when it happened. You know, one day you're just, it's gone. Whatever it was, it's gone. You know, you don't keep looking at the symptom. You move on. Amen. We need to be so engrossed in thanking God instead of looking at the situation and confessing the word. After a while, I'll be honest with you folks, I don't pray for my kids every day because I put them in God's hands. He told me, dedicate them to the Lord and they'll be in the rapture. So, I pray for them when God tells me they need to be prayed for. You know, Lot, no, Job, was it Job? Was constantly praying because he knew his kids were doing bad things. So he was constantly, constantly, he got in fear. You can't get in fear. Fear and faith don't work together, okay? I'm not saying I don't pray for my kids, but... As far as I'm concerned, they're in God's hands and God's taking care of them. And when something does come up and I pray for them, one of them will call me and I'll say, did such and such happen? One time it was for Dennis. I was started praying for him. He was on the LA freeway and his car went out of control and he hit, he hit the, the center line and bounced. And that was at the minute when we were praying. I've shared about the time when Matt was with friends and they were in Maui, and they decided they were going to just walk over, look over a cliff, and every, everybody that was with him had their purses, wallets stolen. His was sitting right on the top, and his wasn't touched. And I looked at Pastor. We were driving up to Pismo for some reason. I said, right now, pray for Matt. I don't know why, but right now, pray for him. Well, that was at the time, because I asked him, I prayed for you at such and such a time, because he had called to tell me. Every bit of everybody else's money was gone but his, and he probably didn't have much. He had enough, but it was, he, I said, when was that? And he knew the time because he had walked, looked at the clock, and I said, well, we were praying for you at that time. So my kids know if I call them and say, I'm praying for you or don't do this, they won't do it because I don't just tell people that. I'm not a self-induced prophet. Philippians 4.8 Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Our thoughts are governed by observation, association, and teachings. We must guard ourselves against every evil thought and doubt that comes into our mind. We must stay away from all places and things that do not support our confession. Please understand this. I'm going to read it again and get it. 
that do not support our confessions that God has answered our prayer. Sometimes this means staying away from friends. Our thoughts. I'm going to go up one. I'm going to read something he said. We saw, uh, wait a minute. The, the realm in which the battle of prayer is fought and won when our thoughts are governed by observation, association, and teachings. We must guard against every evil thought and doubt that comes into our mind. We must stay away from all places and things that do not support our confession that God has answered our prayer. Sometimes this means staying away from people that just don't believe or that just pull you down. How many know that there are those that just pull you down? Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, and whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And then, of course, we have Psalms 1, 1 through 3, and let's turn there. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, or the word of the Lord, and in his word doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever you do shall prosper if you stick to these one and two and three. So look up what these, what a ungodly person is. Look, look up what God calls a sinner and look up the scornful because let me tell you there are many, many, many scornful out there in the, year, in the time that we're in. Do you want to see miracles? I mean, God told us to call this church Shekinah Glory and that this church would be a hospital and whoever came I guess called to shall receive and be healed and made whole. We all need to be believing this, praying this, walking in it. And so, I don't know about pastor, but I'll be teaching on prayer for a while here so we all know how to pray. And we're all together in it can't have one person believe in this and one person believe in that and someone else. When you come together in prayer, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. Gideon's army got smaller and smaller and smaller, but they got the job done. Okay, Father, I just pray for every one of your children here tomorrow tomorrow, today, and I pray for them tomorrow and this week, that as they meditate upon the word that they've heard, that signs and wonders shall be given unto them, that the word becomes such a part of them that anything contrary to the word of God they will want no part of. I pray that over pastor and myself. 
This is, this is the time and this is the season when you are pouring out your spirit on those that are hungry and thirsty and those that know your word because you can trust them with your word. Your word is very precious and it is to be used for your glory. So Father, I just pray over each one. I thank you, Father God, that the anointing, I thank you for the anointing here today, God. And I thank you, Father God, that there is such change in each person's life that every one of us will be amazed. In Jesus' name we pray. They're running around up there. <laughs>